about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Did you bring a Bible this morning? All right, let's take it out this morning. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. As I continue to study the word, I continue to find out some things that, that hold us back that was never revealed to me before in my own life. I know in my walk of faith, uh, when I was coming up in the faith movement and people talking about faith and the word all the time, how I many you know you need to read the word in order to have faith? There's no question about that in order to function into it. But there's so many things that are involved in faith that I never knew were involved in faith. And one of those things I found out that was the most powerful thing was righteousness that we are in right standing with God. It's a lot easier to command, demand, speak forth if you know you're in right standing with God. If you think you're a loser and can't do anything, it's very hard to speak things that you think are going to come into existence because you don't think you're worthy to have what you're speaking anyway. So it sounds like you're lying when you're speaking those things. Ever happened to anybody? Yes. Yeah. We say, well, I'm going to speak that because the pastor told me to speak that. And my, my, my brain's saying, that's the stupidest thing you ever said in your life and it's never going to work. So I had to find out that I had to change my position, say my position. my position. Many times I was not getting things answered, not because I didn't have enough faith, because I was in the wrong position. So when I learned about my new position, it helped my faith come into fruition so that it was more powerful. And I knew that it was working. Say knew that it was working. How many of you ever tried prayer? We have, haven't we? We've tried, tried it for years, man. I, God, this is what I'm going to do. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do and put it down. You do it every single day. And after about a week, you say, well, this ain't working anyway. I might as well move on. Maybe I'm asking the wrong thing. Maybe God don't want to do it. Maybe this, maybe that, maybe this. So I kept switching out. I mean, I got a whole prayer list at home that none of them even got close to being answered. And some of them were so stupid, I'm surprised he's still talking to me. What was it? You start as a baby, but you've got to grow in the things of the Lord. You know, the Lord will treat you differently as you're supposed to grow up into things. How many of you know that? I mean, if you had a baby at one time, and Christian, I'm sure they're not changing his diaper anymore. Sure, they're not bottle feeding him. And they could do that, but how many know that wouldn't be right, would it? It's not going to work. So it's the same way in our walk with the Lord and the kingdom. God expects us to grow up through the word of God and continue to grow in every single area of our right. And one of the things we want to grow in is our righteousness, our right standing with him and our ability to stand there. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Talking about God, it says, For he has made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Say made. made. Say made. made. So when you came into the kingdom of God, at that day you were made the righteousness of God. You were not made to become the righteousness of God. You were actually by a miracle. Say a miracle. A miracle. Everybody wants a miracle, but half the people don't understand the miracle they already had. Show me a miracle, Lord. Look in the mirror, brother. See, there's a miracle that took place on the inside of you, but nobody knows it when they get born again. So they're out there reaching for miracles all the time. Once you understand the miracle that you got, you won't need so many miracles anymore because you'll be operating the miracle that you already got. So you were a miracle that day. God made you. That was his choice. 
He made you the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, what's the righteousness of God? It's a position and a place of right alignment with God and his kingdom. It's a place where you can now stand before God himself without any inferiority, out any fear, out any sense of unworthiness with, with a position. But it's also a position where you can stand before the enemy with no sense of unworthiness, no sense of being inferior to him, but in a position that God says that you have been made a king and you've been seated and raised in heavenly places far above all principality, power, light, and dominion. So you stop commanding things from here, talking to them, and sooner or later you'll be commanding them from here and here. And I mean, you know, it's, it's a thought life, isn't it? It's what you think, what you think God did. So you've got to understand, number one, everything you did in the past, the day that you got born again, it's gone. It is history. It's not coming back. I don't care how bad you were. And we could tell stories about who was the worst up here for days. How many of you know that? I mean, well, let me tell you my story. Well, let me tell you mine. Let me tell you mine. But we could just probably outdo everybody. But the day you got born again, those things passed away, and you became a new creation, and you were changed on the inside. You now have the nature of God himself on the inside of you. And what is his nature? It's love, peace, joy, power, authority. All those things belong to each and every one of us. And notice you were made that way. You don't get those ways. You cannot grow in righteousness. You can grow in what righteousness means to you, but you can't grow in it because you're already righteous. Are you listening? Well, God, make me more righteous. He can't do it. He can give you wisdom and knowledge through the Spirit of God on what this righteousness now means to me, how I should think, how I should act, how I should act in front of God, how I should act in front of the enemy. You grow in that. You grow in faith. You grow in love. How many of you don't need more love? Lord, give me love. No, the love of God has already been shed abroad in your heart, and if you're going to get more love than the love of God, you're going to be able to love more than God. (laughs) Praise God. God, I'm above you now. Because you gave me more love than you gave me to begin with. No, see, all these things are already given to us, and we're activating them by understanding them and by growing in them. Now, how do you grow in those things? You act in the Word of God like you are what He said you are. In other words, I'm going to act like I'm righteous. Every time I have an opportunity to act unrighteous, I let my righteousness flow, and basically I grow a little more. How I many you know that's the way love works? How I many you know sometimes you're going to have to love people that you don't want to? you got a choice every time, don't you? Am I going to grow, or am I going to just take a step back a little bit, and I'm going to tell them what I really think? Repent, then grow. Yeah, no, we're going to come to a place where we do it right away. We're going to love them no matter what they're saying about us, no matter what they're doing, no matter if they're spilling vomit on us, like she said this morning, or whatever's going on. We're going to love people because people are people that Jesus actually died for. Sometimes we think the only one he died for was us. Oh, God couldn't even save them. Oh, yes, he already did save them. They just don't know it, and we're the one to bring the revelation to them. So notice, you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. He put away all your sin. As a matter of fact, he put away you. So now I have a right standing with God. I can go into God, talk to God any time in his presence, take his will in there, get his will fulfilled, or I can stand in front of the devil and treat the devil like he's the devil, a defeated foe. He's already been defeated. You don't have to war with the devil. He's already been stomped on. He's underneath your feet, and you treat him like he's underneath your feet. And when you do that, you can only do that through a righteous mentality. You can't do it through unworthiness. You can't do it through those things. So basically, we've got to understand righteousness. Say righteousness. Righteousness. All right, go to Colossians 2. All right, Colossians chapter 2, look at verse 13. It says, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, how many of you were? 
has he quickened or made alive with him, having forgiven you some, part, a few, the little ones, no, all your trespasses. Notice, he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against you, which was contrary to us, and he nailed it to the cross and spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So this tells me that the day he went to the cross, way back there, 2,000 years ago, he took all my sins, all my failings, everything that would make me think like I'm unworthy, he took it to the cross and he nailed it to the cross and he blotted it out. Say, blotted it out. That means every stupid thing I did before I got born again is already blotted out. Every stupid thing I did after I was, if I repent, it's blotted out again. I mean, when God looks at his book on you, let's see what, what George looks like. Nope, can't find anything in there. It's all blotted out by the blood, praise God. So that puts you in a place of righteousness for each and every one of us, praise God. So basically, you're righteous, but the question is, do you know you're righteous? And are you taking advantage of the righteousness that God gave you? Most people in the church are not. They're not taking advantage of it. They don't even know that they have it. But you've become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Now, you've got to be careful because no matter what you're watching, no matter who you listen to, if they're preaching sin and unrighteousness to you, you better shut it off. Because it's easier to believe that that you're righteous and holy before God. Oh, don't say that. We can't do it. Somebody says, you're a worm. Amen. Hallelujah. You look at some churches, they'll say, and you're terrible, and God don't even want you in heaven. They'll go, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But that's not true, see. They're still in the Old Testament. They're still talking about your old nature and everything. But that will resonate with you quicker than you being holy and righteous because nobody ever taught you that before. So the teaching in the church so far has kept us down into a place where our faith isn't working, and we're not ruling, we're not railing because we believe we're unworthy. We believe basically we got an inferiority complex. God is way up here. I'm way down here. It, that's done because Jesus did it, and I could never do that. But everything Jesus did was an example of what you should be doing. Amen. Notice I didn't say could. I said should. You should be doing the same thing Jesus did. Why? He was the righteousness of God in Christ. How many know that Jesus didn't have to worry about his past sins? So there was no righteous problem with him. He wasn't thinking about the time he stole a sheep from Brother Joe over here or whatever. He didn't do any of that stuff. So basically he was there. So everybody says, well, that's Jesus. We can never come to that righteousness. Well, yes, you can, because his blood has made us justified just as if I had never... So it's not because he was Jesus that he did these things. It's because he knew he was righteous better get that. Right. He knew he was righteous. That's why he did these things. That's why he stood before the Father. The Father always hears me. That's why he could walk up the tomb of Lazarus. Know what God exactly wanted to do. Lazarus, come forth. And notice he didn't say, Lazarus, come forth. See, how many know a lot of people were standing around? How many know in order to say, Lazarus, come forth, everybody heard what he said? How many know if Lazarus didn't come forth, he was going to look like a fool? But see, he was righteous. He knew what God wanted. He knew what God wanted to do. It had to be done by somebody on earth in a physical body. So Lazarus come forth. And he came out of there. And how many know he wasn't even unbound when he came out? Can you imagine this? I mean, if he'd have walked out, I'd have been excited. But he must have went boing, boing, boing. <laughs> boing, boing, boing. Because he was mummified then. And then Jesus says, loose him and let him go. Well, that means he wasn't loosed before he came out, right? So he got loosed after he boing, boinged. Well, how many know that takes some guts? One time they walked up to a fig tree that didn't, wasn't producing any fruit. Jesus said, no fruit come off of you again. Said that loud and clear to his disciples. Next day they walked by, guess what? Tree wasn't doing very good, was it? But notice he didn't whisper it. He didn't do a silent prayer. 
He knew he was righteous. He knew the faith he had. He knew the Father's will, and he spoke to that thing. And when he spoke to it, he didn't stand there and wonder whether it was going to die. He wasn't even surprised the next day when he walked by. Now, most of us would have had to go by every day just to see if it was dying, wouldn't we? I spoke to that Tuesday, but now it's Friday, and it still looks pretty good. We in trouble now, aren't we? We look like a fool. No, but see, he knew who he was. He knew what was going on. He was the righteousness of God in Christ. But basically, you have been justified and got to understand that the righteousness that you have in your life is not even your righteousness. It's his righteousness. So if it's his righteousness, then you have the same place, the same position with Father God and the devil that he had when he was here. But we haven't been taught that and haven't been explained to that. So what's the problem? The Bible says in Psalm, I think, 66, if you regard iniquity in your heart, God can't even hear you. So if I come to God as a low life, he doesn't even hear me. If I come to God who's somebody who's inferior, he doesn't hear me. If I come to somebody who's a sinner, he doesn't hear me. You see why? Not because he don't want to, but you're regarding iniquity in your That's why he created man on the same level to begin with. He didn't make him in man's image and likeness. He made him in his Because he wanted man on the same level. He wanted to be able to communicate with man. He wanted to fellowship with man. He wanted to spend time with man. He wanted to talk to him on the same level, basically. So what was he doing, basically? He created man. So I don't want to regard iniquity in my heart. There's enough people going to tell me how terrible I am. How I always fail. How it never works out. How you don't do this right, don't do that right. Become a pastor, everybody gets smarter than you. How to run a church, how to pray, how to lay hands, how long the service should be, how long is the music supposed to be, how short the music supposed to be, what are we supposed to have for the music, what are we supposed to have? And if you're in a place where you're already regarding iniquity in your heart, you're going to want to be a man pleaser. Because you don't want to be any more in a low life than you already think you are. So if somebody comes to you with a suggestion or tell you what to do, you will do it just to please them. But now you're even going to be more guilty when it don't work out. And then you're going to live in guilting and condemnation because what you did isn't working. And trust me, they're okay because they just suggested it to you. And they'll probably turn around and tell you it was your idea. I'm talking stuff this morning. Yeah. So you can't do that. kind of. You've got to know who you are right now. And it doesn't matter who anybody else tells you who you are right now. Because you're the righteousness of God in Christ. And it wasn't because I did wrong, did right, wore the right clothes, had the long service, did this, did that. It was because Jesus shed his blood to make me exactly what I am today. And I've been created as the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, you'll, you will never live in total victory and never have total deliverance over sickness, disease, and the devil until you understand you're righteous. You'll never have it. You'll never get it. You'll have a revelation of revelations after I teach on Sunday, but you've got to come and wake up on Tuesday. And by then, you've got to realize that's who I am. This takes time. This takes time to reprogram. How many of you know? You've got a computer up here that's been sucking up a bunch of stupid stuff for 30 years, and now you want to unprogram it in 35 minutes. It don't work that way. So we've got to start to reprogram that thing. There's going, to be, there's going to come, first of all, when you're starting to believe things you never believed before. And then you're going to believe them every now and then, but your mind's going to talk you out of them. Then you're going to get to 50-50, and that's where it gets fun, because then you've got a real-life war in your brain at that time. Because you've got this much evidence of what Jesus said, and this much evidence of what the devil said, and it's just going back and forth in you, and you think you're, you're going into depression and everything else. No, you're just in a spiritual warfare in your brain, and you're trying to line up with the things of God. But there's going to come a day when the righteousness of God is going to overtake the unworthiness of who you were one day, and you're going to start living, talking, walking like a righteous person, and the faith of God's going to work in your life because when you speak, you won't speak timidly. You'll speak boldly. You'll say, come forth, praise God. Come out, praise God. Do this, praise God. And why is that? Because you know who you are, and you know he's got to come out. It's just like when you had little kids and they didn't listen to you. 
Never say, please, son, I know you probably don't want to do what I'm telling you to do, but if you just please do it for me, because you believe it to be. Or you say, get away from there. I do it with Cassie right now. Every time he gets a chair out to pull over to climb up on the cupboard, I say, no. He goes, pulls it a little further. I say, no. I don't say, would you please, Cassie, not do that? Because but we just see there's a boldness there. Why? I'm his dad, and I have a legal right and a legal position to do what I do with my son to keep him in line. Well, i got a legal position now in the spiritual realm of the kingdom of God right now to command, demand, like she was talking about this morning, releasing it with your mouth. But you can release it as a loser, and it doesn't do no good anyway because you don't even believe it. Why should the devil believe it if you don't believe it? See, we don't believe it, but why don't we believe it? Because we're unworthy, because we're guilty, because we do all these wrong things. Stop thinking of everything you do wrong. Pick out the one thing you did right last week and meditate on it. Let it grow in your mind. Let it do it, praise God. Because the redemption that we got is for real. It was not with the blood of bulls and goats, but with his own blood he entered into the holy place, and he has got me an eternal I said an eternal. How many, how, many, how long an eternal is? A long time. I got an eternal redemption. So just because I don't feel like I'm redeemed on Monday morning doesn't mean I'm not redeemed because I am redeemed. And if I know I'm righteous with him, I just take my redemption. Praise God. Hallelujah. And that's going to be the way it is. Because I'm walking by faith now. I'm not walking by sight. I'm not walking by opinion. I'm not walking on my performance. You want to get depressed? Just meditate on your performance. And then after you get depressed, you can go into self-pity. Yeah, praise God. Yeah, praise God. All right, just go to Romans 5. All right, let's just start all the way back. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Start in verse 8. Romans 5, 8 says, For God shows his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ did what? Die. Now, for years in my life, I didn't believe that. I believed that until I became a not a sinner, then Christ would die for me. So I spent my whole life trying to clean up my act to get to a place where Jesus would save me. Anybody believe that? Anybody taught that? Yeah, but notice it says, while you were a sinner, Christ already died for you. Now watch what it says, verse 8. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by what? Not my death, not when I go to heaven. The death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. Who was that one man? And death by sin, and so passed upon how many men? Because all have sinned. Now, when did all sin the first time? When Adam sinned. You got what Adam did, just the way it was. Look at verse 13. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned all the way from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who has come to the figure. So what's he saying here? He's saying, though, even though I wasn't in the garden and I didn't sin, I got accredited to me the same sin that Adam did, even though I wasn't there. Now, why is that? Because you came out of the inside of Adam. 
How many know every man came out of the inside of Adam? How many know my boys came out of the inside? Are you following me? They come out of the inside and they produce after their own. So when Adam became a sinner, every man was born a Every man was born guilty, unworthy, uh, afraid of God, everything else because of what Adam did. So verse 15, but not as the offense of Adam, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded to how many? And not as it is by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one condemnation, but free gift, many offenses unto the justification. Verse 17, for if by one man's offense, who was that? Reign by one much, much more. Now, I want you to see what's in these here. There's two words in here that change your life. Those two words are much more. Say much more. Much more. How many of you know that much more is more than more? Okay. So he goes on here and he says that because of what the devil did in the garden, you basically became a sinner. Because of what he did in the garden, you're under condemnation. Because of what he did in the garden, you're basically full of sin and guilt and everything else. But Jesus came and much more. See, the church thinks much less. In other words, we think Jesus dying on the cross was less for us than what the devil did in the garden. He came to deliver you from guilt, but you're still living guilty because you believe the devil did more than he did. So that's why he puts in here, see, God knows what he's doing. He says, much more. He says four or five times, much more. You're not a sinner anymore. You're righteous. Wow, because much more. I'm not guilty anymore. Why? Much more. I'm not condemned. Much more, much more, much more. And the church says, well, one day you'll be, one day you'll be all right every day. One day you'll be righteous. When you die and go to heaven, you'll be righteous, and then everything will be wonderful. And no, this wasn't provided when you die and go to heaven. It was provided when he died on the earth and paid for what you did. So he says, much more. So we've got more faith in the devil. Sorry. We have more faith in the devil than we do in God, in what Jesus did. We got more faith in the sin he led them into than the blood of Jesus had provided and paid for us because it was much more. So if you're walking around guilty, you got some good faith in the devil. Congratulations. If you're living under condemnation, then you're living under the... The Bible says there is no condemnation for those who walk in the spirit. But who, those who walk in the flesh, what's the flesh? You looking at you all the time. Well, I always fail God. Nothing ever works for me. I do my best for God. I'm trying real hard for God. Keep trying. Keep doing your best. Keep going. And if you're going to prove on the blood of Jesus, let me know how, because I want it in my life too. See, it's not there. That's why he puts much more. We read this stuff we don't understand. Much more. Look at verse 17. For by the one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more! They which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to Condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, for the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so as by the obedience of one, many shall be made. Now, how many know you're not on one end, you're on the other end? You're on the end over, you're on the much more end. And here's the best thing because we were in Adam when we were born, we were sinners because at one time we were in Adam and every seed produces after its own kind. Now the Bible says, if any man be in I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Now when you got born again, you didn't come out of the inside of Adam. You came out of the inside of And if you came out of the inside of Christ, every seed produces after its own. Thank you very much. Thank you. What did you do to become righteous and holy? Got born again. What did you do to become a sinner? Got born. 
Well, how did you get out of sin? Got born again. What, I'm, I'm from the inside of Christ now. I'm from the inside. I'm born of God. The Bible says you're born of God. You were born of God, so what? I got to take after my own kind. People say, oh, how come you walk in love all the time? That's what my daddy does. <laughs> Just like my daddy. A little boy wants to be like their daddy. I want to be like my daddy too. But instead of trying to be like your daddy in the natural, he made you like your daddy in the spirit by a miracle because he knew you couldn't do it in your own power anyway. So he did it, praise God. And now by your confession of faith that I'm righteous, I'm holy, I'm blessed, I'm anointed, the spirit of God on the inside of you goes to work and creates for you to act that way, think that way, be that way. And pretty soon you're walking in the power of God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So here, see Jesus, he went to the cross, he suffered and died, he did all these things. What for? To make you the righteousness of God, to bring you back into fellowship, back into a relationship, to reconcile you to God. And we need to take advantage of that reconciliation that he's given us. Come on, it's a wonderful thing. Do you know that? It is a wonderful thing to be able to talk to God without being afraid of God, to ask, tell God and ask things. You just find it in the Word, you know. This is what your Scripture said. If I ask anything according to your will, you hear me. And if you hear me, I know I have the thing that I asked for. So right here, this is what your will is. And I think you want me to be joyful at always, pray at all times, and thankful in every situation. Well, that's what I'm going to be joyful at all times. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you feel joyful? It doesn't make any difference. I'm going to be joyful at all times because that's what the Bible tells me to do. Praise God. I know it says, well, Father, I thank you for your joy again today. Hallelujah. I just feel so good today. And, and the joy of the Lord will start bubbling up. Ever feel it bubble up on the inside of you? And then you get to a place where you get so full of the joy that somebody comes along with bad news and you're sitting there smiling at them and they're getting mad at you because you're walking in the joy and they're walking in depression and they want you to be depressed with them but you can't do it because you've got the dang joy going on the inside of you and you just can't seem to get rid of it in there. See, it just comes into agreement. We want to be thankful all the time, so be thankful all the time, praise God. I'll tell you, when you pull yourself down, when you get critical, grumbling, complaining. How many have ever grumbled for a day and then felt better at night? Went to bed and said, thank God I grumbled today because I really feel good going to bed tonight. I just feel good. I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight. No, you felt like bad. <laughs> yeah, you felt bad, didn't you? you felt, and what's the matter with me? God help me. What's the matter with me? Do something for me. He's already did something for you. Repent of that and just do what he told you to do and then you do it so the righteousness of god that's who we've become that's who god wanted us to become but it's much more than what the devil did stop giving the devil all this credit my gosh the church is the biggest braggart on the devil in the entire world but you don't have to be he's been wiped out the bible says he's been brought to naught you know what naught means yeah if the earth's team court scores 10 and you court score not how many know it's not good no he was brought to naught, praise God. So we want to concentrate on, on not on our, we got more faith in our self-works than we do in his work. We got more faith in the devil's work than we do Jesus' work. And you got to make that transition because it's not even a little bit more. He says it's much more than what was done. So that was done in my life. And I didn't do anything to get it. I just received what he did for me. And it's much more in my life, praise God, because that's what he did and that's what he wanted. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 4. Say, I am. I am the righteousness of God. All right, Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 23. It tells you to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now notice it doesn't say anything about your actions or any of that stuff because the changes you make in your life don't happen here, they happen here. As a man thinks in his heart, so will he be. 
So if I think I'm a sinner, it, it, you ain't going to be able to control my actions. And another thing that you're subject to is this thing right down here called your tongue. All right, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now he's telling you what to do. Hey, stop thinking like that. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He created you. He did not create you to become righteous and holy. He created you in righteousness and holiness, and he did it after God. In other words, you're, you're, take, you're just like God. He made you after God. You're as righteous as God. You're as holy as God. All these things have been provided for you, but they're provided by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, not by your self-works. So I've got to change my way of thinking again. I've been created. What? I'm holy. I'm righteous. Holiness basically is just being true to your word. If you say something, do it. Praise God. It's very simple. So I'm righteous and I'm holy. I'm in right standing with God. When I pray, I pray in right standing. I believe God hears me when I pray. Well, I wonder if he hears me. Well, you're not praying out of righteousness then. I just prayed, but I don't know if he heard me or not. Well, did you pray according to his will? Well, I don't know his will. Well, the Bible says if you pray according to his will, he hears you. That solves that. And if I pray, I'll have the petitions that I ask for. So how can I do that boldly now? I know his will, and I walk in the righteousness of God. As a matter of fact, I'm praying what he wants done in the earth. So I know if God is for me, who can be? So I'm just taking what, what God wants done in that situation, but cannot do because he doesn't have a physical body. So he has to have somebody do it for him. That's why he puts you here. And now he's telling you to do what he wants done, which makes it easy to do. Because if you know if he wants it done, then he, certainly for you to do it for him would be a good thing. So now I'm just getting my power of attorney that he's given to me, and I'm getting it done on this end. You're walking along, and somebody comes up, and they're sick. And all at once you know the Spirit of God starting to move on you. And you know God wants that person healed. It never said, and he'll heal one and not another, and maybe just this person or that person. No, Jesus went about healing all, all who are oppressed by the devil. So God wants this person healed. The Spirit's moving on me. I'm not doing it really just because I want to even. I'm doing it because that's what God wants me to do, and I've got power of attorney. So be healed in Jesus' name. You walk away. It's taken care of. Why? Because you and God are working together. God needs you, and you need him. We've come to the place where all we need is God to do everything. God's not going to do everything. He cannot legally do everything because he gave us authority here on the earth. He gave mankind that option to do. That's the way he wanted it. He wanted to be gods and sons. See, you're part of the family, praise God. You're Just if you had a big business and you hired your son and you sent him out and you sat at home and he did all the work for you, you told him what he wanted to do and you did it, you told him he wanted to buy this, you went out and bought it, you did this, he was just doing it under your authority and doing what he wanted done. That's what God's doing to each and every one of us. And we know he wants everybody healed. We know he wants everybody saved. We know he wants everybody blessed. We know he wants everybody set free totally. And he knows he wants you walking in power and authority every day because it's all in the book. He's already wrote it down for us. It all tells us what we're going to do here. So notice, you were created in righteousness and true holiness after God. Say after God. After God. All right, one more. Go to Galatians chapter 4. When you read Ephesians and you read, you know, if you're called to be a pastor, prophet, evangelist, whatever... You really need to go back and find out what you're supposed to be doing. So if you go in the book of Ephesians where it tells you who you are and tells you what to do, we are here to grow people up into Christ. That's what we're here to do. We're not here to go after your problems, go do... Th if you grow up into him, speaking the truth in love, you won't have so many problems anymore because you'll be walking in joy and peace. You'll be walking in righteousness, peace, and joy in the... 
in the power of God. See, so we grow you up. We don't want to deal with every little issue you got because then you, you're, fo you're focusing on the issue rather than who you are with victory over the issue. Power gives you, this power of the kingdom gives you power over circumstances and situations that you didn't used to have. And nobody else out there has them, but now you have them and you know how to fix their own situation also because you already fixed your situation. All right, Galatians chapter 4. Paul says, verse 19, My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Peter be formed in you. How about this one? My little children, of whom I travail in birth again, that, that, that Job may be, may be formed in you. No, no. Who's he trying to form on the inside of them? What's his ministry to form on the inside of them? Christ on the inside of them. And then Christ in you equals the hope of glory. glory, the manifestation of the Christ who's already on the inside of you. But you can't close your eyes and see Job, Peter, or even me. I can't see me failing, me falling apart. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. I'm doing my best. I wish God would do something. I can't see that me in me because that's the me it's going to live out here. So my me has to be Christ on the inside of me. Power over this situation. Love in this unlovable situation. Agreement in this disagreeable situation. The ability to want to help someone else. The ability to want to do something. But it all comes. So, so what do you pray as a leader a lot of times? I pray that Christ may be formed in you to remove whatever you got in you now. Remember what Jesus said to the devil? You got nothing in me. I've already got me in me. So you didn't see himself a loser. Oh, I got to go to the cross. Nobody loves me. My disciples are leaving me. This is horrible. God help me. No, he didn't act that way. He always walked boldly. He always did everything. You didn't try to throw him off a cliff. The Bible says he just walked away from it and got rid of him. He didn't put up his fists and, and throw stuff at him and pull out his gun and shoot him or do anything like that. You know, pull a knife out of his sandal and start stabbing everybody or anything. No, he knew, he knew who he was. He knew they, weren't gonna, he knew they were not going to touch him before his time. Well, enough people in the world was going to kill him before what he already agreed to do and, and fixed on the inside of him that he was going to die for the world. You couldn't even kill him. It's the same way with Paul, praise God. He was going to go before the governors, praise God, and he was going to preach the word. And when they were in the boat and it was going down and they were going to die and be shipwrecked, he said, don't worry about it. I can't die. I've got to get finished with my work before I die. I don't care if the ship falls apart. Everybody's getting seasick, praise God. He says, praise God. How I many know that would make you mad? <laughs> if you've ever been seasick, you don't want to hear anything, much less praise God. Yeah, don't worry about it, everybody. Everything's going to be fine. Why? I'm on the ship. I'm here. Don't worry. Everything's going to be good. He knew he was going to fulfill his destiny, so he wasn't worried about dying. He gets bit by a snake. He don't go, <laughs> cut it, start sucking the poison out of it. No, he shook the thing off and threw it back in the fire. And you know what they said? He said, the devil, because he's getting bit by snakes. But then when he didn't die, they said, well, maybe he's a god. Praise God. That's the way the church is. Bad thing happened. That was the devil. Good thing happened. That might have been God. I don't know which one it is. Everybody's so confused. They don't know what to do. But notice he knew where he was going. He could have got bit by that snake 50 times. And he shook it back in the fire. He knew he wasn't going to die until he got to his final destiny. They had already proclaimed with his own mouth of getting there before kings and priests and those things for the end. And how many of you knew you got a destiny? That means if God has spoken it to you and you believe it and you're meditating on it and you're speaking it, you're not going to die before it gets there. I'm sorry. You just, I don't care what you try. You're still going to be here. Praise God. You're just going to, I'll leave. You probably try to hang yourself and the rope will break. 
Yeah, praise God, because that's the way it is, glory to God. There's a destiny for each and every one of us here. But we've got to come to a place where we're believing God. How many of you know that? And we're in right standing with God. We're working with God. And you will be judged on the work you completed for God while you were down here working with God. See, it's not by how many times you gave 10 bucks or spun the bingo thing or did whatever. All that stuff is all right, but it's not. Do you see what I mean? So basically, what are we doing? We're growing up into him in all things. In other words, I'm growing up into him every day a little bit more in my righteousness, in my holiness, in my authority, in my power, in my position. I found out my position makes, when I, when I discovered I was a king and started believing it, I started treating subjects as subjects, enemies as enemies, and low lives as low lives. See, before that, I was a low life trying to tell a low life to get out of my life, and the low life wasn't leading because I was a low life. See, it doesn't work. You know, when Talon yells at Cassie and tells him what to do, how many know he completely ignores her? <laughs> yep, she walks up and smacks him. He'll just turn right around and just give her a good left hook. Praise God. Hallelujah. What is that? She does not have authority over him, even though she thinks she does. She don't. Well, you've got authority over these things coming in your life. You're putting up with a lot of little stuff you don't have to put up with because you've got authority in these situations and circumstances. Praise God. And you have been made so good, made the righteousness of God in Christ. So we need to get rid of this sin consciousness. We need to dump it. We need to get rid of it. And the only thing that will do that is something that's sharper than a two-edged sword. Something that will cut it out. It's the word of God, praise God. Seeing in that word who you are, what he's made you, what he's done for you. And everything he's done for you, I guarantee, according to the Bible, is much more. Say much more. Much more, much more praise God. Hallelujah. All right, we're out of here in plenty of time. We should be down there by 1 o'clock. If you're getting baptized today, you know what you're doing. You're, whether you're rededicating to God, whether you're, whether you're going to God for the first time, whether you're, for the first time you're just saying, hey, this spiritual stuff's real. I just found out about it, and I want to go with God. And whatever it is, I want you to go. I don't want you to be baptized if you just see everybody else getting baptized and that, that thought it would be fun. We don't want to do that. Your time will come. But I know there's people in here, they've been after me now for a couple months, whose hearts are, they want to be baptized, praise God. And that's when you want to be baptized. How many know if you've got dead? dabbled on when you were, you know, two months old with a little bit of water. You probably didn't confess or know much at that time other than give me a bottle and change my pants. So you probably did not make much of a commitment at that time, praise God. Yes. She pointing at me. Switch. Worshiping the Lord and we were worshiping and saying like I know who I am. I kept and I mentioned it to Maria. I just kept seeing lightning across the room just coming down. And as I'm sitting back there, the Lord keeps pressing about me. You're supposed to say something about this. I, I don't know, and I still don't get it all yet. So I got to pray on that. But as I'm back there, He takes me to Revelation four five, and from the throne proceeded lightning. So we were worshiping the Lord in front of the throne. And I believe he wants you to know that and continue, of course, to, to don't let the enemy lie to you whenever you feel like, why should I worship? Nobody's hearing, I'm not celebrating or anything like that. Just worship him, even in the shower, even on the toilet. I don't care, I do it everywhere. And I don't care who hears me, if they hear me, if it's a loud worship, even when we're playing when Courtney and I go out in the court and play pickleball, I mean, I'm there worshiping whether I'm speaking in tongues or whatever it is. I mean, I, just do it. You're there. You're there in front of the throne. Even though you might not see it, you are there. Yes. So, love you all.
Okay, we can head down that way. I'm going to go get my floaties, and I'll be right down. Praise God. <laughs> and we'll see you down there. the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be